You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Ah, got him. That should keep the first order off our backs. Nice work, Paul. Tim, are we set to make the jump? Yep. The end of the prime in accordance with the rendezvous are set. All right. Strap in and let's get this intel delivered to the resistance. Punch it! You're listening to Star Wars. The saga continues. Your hosts, Kyle Avery, Tim Jirasi, and Paul Herman, are scouring the holonet for news and bringing you all of the latest updates on the future of the Star Wars universe. And the future is bright indeed. So we invite you to join us on this exciting journey as the saga continues. Hey there, Star Wars fans, and welcome back to Star Wars The Saga Continues, your podcast for all the latest news, rumors, and updates on all the cool and exciting projects coming up in the Star Wars universe. Uh, Today we're doing another installment of our Star Wars podcast. commentaries not quite film commentary but this is actually going to be the first time we're doing uh commentary for some episodes of the clone wars um and uh first of maybe some more of these in the future but uh this should be fun we're going to be talking about the siege of mandalore um as always i'm your host kyle and i've got my co-host tim and paul with me how's it going guys now this technically might be our first commentary that's not a star wars film but Let's be honest. It really is a Star Wars film because of how amazing yeah. it is. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah, yeah. It, 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 they need to cut it into a film and sell it on a Blu-ray with a, with a bunch of special features. How rad would that be? Come on, it's got to happen at some point. Yeah, I, I think when these episodes came out, I don't think we had done our Rise of Skywalker commentary yet, and so it was still that was kind of like an ongoing thing that we were still doing. And I remember seeing these and going, "Shoot, this is cinematic enough. We need to do a movie commentary for this." So. Yeah, so I'd say our movie commentaries are still continuing with this one. <laughs> yeah, but again, this might lead into us doing some more uh, commentaries for Clone Wars or Rebels episodes. Uh, or Ewoks films. Well, those are automatically count as films. So. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> we should actually do those. Those have to be next because they're actually officially like TV films, actually cut together to be a film. Just saying. So, but yeah, it's true. Before we go on to actual episodes, we should get mm-hmm. all the films covered. All well, films. Now, now, hang on, though, because... <laughs> Well, well, we'll talk about this later. I don't know if we're going to do those as commentaries or just like discussion episodes, um, but we'll figure that out. We'll do something related to those. Uh, Both? What are you talking about with this one or the other? <laughs> Both? We'll see. It's what they deserve. Exactly. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm not, we're not joking, dude. Ewok films are legit. Make them canon. I'll start the petition. Change.org. <laughs> you'll be guaranteed one signature or two yours and mine yeah, <laughs> yeah. well i don't can you the sign your petition own petition outside. i don't even know if that counts <laughs> anyway that's a topic for another episode or two if paul has his way we'll see um but yeah we're, we're uh getting back into some clone wars here um and uh, yeah, we're just going to jump into it like we normally do with our, our film commentary episodes. So obviously we're all watching this on Disney+. Plus. We've got the first episode, Old Friends Not Forgotten, queued up at the beginning. Um, and then uh, so we're all going to start it at the same time. And then the way that we're going to do this is just let all of them run through. 
Um, Cause you know, once it gets into the credits, then like the little timer comes up with the countdown to start the next episode. So we're just going to let that run, you know, keep talking about it over the credits and then let the next episode start when it starts. And hopefully we all stay pretty much synced up through the whole thing. So um, without further ado, let's uh, commentate on the finale of Clone Wars, shall we? Yes. Let us begin. Yes. All right. We're all synced up, ready to go at zero out of 30. And we're going to start on punch it in three, two, one, punch it. Fire's turned down, is it now? And the, here we the go. old Lucasfilm right thing away, is man. genius, man. It's freaking yep. genius. Yeah. Right away, you knew this was going to be something special right when you saw that. And so much to even just to discuss on the title card, the original Star Wars theme, the red lo- Clone Wars logo, just everything about it just made it feel so special, cinematic. And even having the episode title in here before mm-hmm. it begins is something different from clone wars i just i just love it yeah instead of one of the you know the the usual fortune cookie or whatever that they got up there by the way the freaking gorgeous grievous right there oh man, man i i <laughs> wish we could have seen that character model in action for a full episode but um man again kicking it right off the bat here and of course you see plo Koon, ayla sakura you get the cameo from caleb doom there um but you know th- just kicking off with all this stuff that's like hitting you right in the face with the the cinematic scope and feel of it the visuals kicked up to 11 and also just you know everything letting you know like we're right on the doorstep of episode three i know just in those few first seconds of this episode i, I had a huge smile on my face first watching because everything was just coming at you and just looking so amazing it's just man and part of the feeling too where i can't believe we're finally watching this mm-hmm. the siege of mandalore is finally here after years of hoping and wishing it was coming and we got it and just like i said in the first few seconds already blowing us away yeah yeah this was i couldn't believe how it it looked amazing but everything was so more it was such a more cinematic feel than any other episode before it and it's immediate even over the other episodes we got in the season Mm -hmm. this this episode is automatically sets you off to like this is different Mm-hmm. And I know Filoni kind of talked about he learned a lot, obviously, between, you know, when he originally finished this arc to, you know, obviously to, you know, wrapping it up again. That being said, it still it almost feels like they were going they were going to release it as a film at some point, like even though maybe they weren't. But it just it has a different feel. Everything just feels like Star Wars. And to the music, to the way it cuts and the way it's acted and shot, and it's it really is phenomenal. Like this is it looks phenomenal. Mm-hmm. So I yeah, I was I was blown away. I remember watching this episode just being floored at how good it was. Yeah. And like you said, Tim, I mean, it really just felt like you're watching a Star Wars movie. Um, and that was established really just in these opening couple minutes. I love this opening battle scene here and just how it's like just kind of a throwback to like the kind of clone versus droid action and the fun banter between Anakin and Obi-Wan that the series kind of started off with. Like this is kind of fundamental Clone Wars right here before it started branching off into like Night Sisters and Darth Maul and Mortis and all this cool trippy stuff that we never thought we would get. Like 
this at its core, like, you know, when, when they said that we would be getting a, a Clone Wars animated series, this is the kind of stuff I imagine right here. Just like fun action adventure, big battles between clones and battle droids, uh, you know, Anakin and Obi-Wan having some fun banter and ha both having like their cool heroic moments in battle. I mean, I love that intro for uh, Obi-Wan when he comes and like saves Cody from the missile and has his like heroic pose. Um, and now, of course, you got Anakin out here doing his thing and... Uh, yeah, it's just I I love just how this is just sort of a, a fun, lighthearted way to start off the episode, but just sort of such a throwback to just um I don't know, like the essence of the Clone Wars before we get into like the the heavy stuff with Ahsoka and Maul and all that. Well, R2 right here, it, R2 does more in this one episode than he does the whole sequel trilogy. And it's crazy. <laughs> And uh, to I, quote and you, I'm Paul, not, you're not wrong. <laughs> I was going to say but, the same but, thing. But, I mean, it's I'm not even trying to take a shot at the sequel trilogy necessarily either. It's just like Dave Filoni knew, Dave Filoni knew exactly what to do with R2-D2 right, right here. And, again, like this is just – oh, my gosh. It's just so good. This is just oh, – yeah, And, of course, the, the music being the throwback to uh, the Sarlacc Pit and Return of the Jedi. Um and, you know, Anakin also kind of being like Luke there and pulling the stall tactic while R2 comes through and saves the day. Um, and, of course, you know, gotten Rex and the clones flying in on jetpacks and everything. Just, uh, I don't know, it's cool to watch. And I love how when this came out, everybody was like, yeah, that's a, a war crime that Anakin just committed by, like, falsely surrendering. And it's like, yeah, but would you expect any less <laughs> from Anakin? I know. Come on. <laughs> And just going back to what you were saying, how it's such a great introduction to this arc we're about to see and just how it is likened to episode three in that sense, where the beginning of that is more a little lighthearted. Obi-Wan and Anakin have their banter or getting a fun battle and some fun sequences, knowing that a lot of heavy and dark stuff's coming later on in that movie. And mm -hmm. you can say the same for this. So yeah. it's kind of a nice mirroring for that, too, setting up for obviously Episode three is not too far ahead once in the events we're seeing right now in this battle. I, I don't know about you guys, but again, I, I keep going back to the fact that just it just started off and everything felt so much more like bigger and even more like steroids up to 11 kind of a thing compared to the other the other episodes. And granted, we've already seen the Bad Batch from Celebration and, and Animatics or whatever, and even though they added a few things here or there. It just it's everything just felt so much more just amplified. And I just I just can't get over even watching it now. I'm just like, man, this is so much different than the other episodes. And again, I, I didn't I wasn't as hard on those other episodes as other people. But man, everything just felt like even this right here, the introduction to Ahsoka, it just seems so much more cinematic. Mm, yeah, I mean, you can tell they pulled out all the stops for this one. Yeah, um, it, I guess what that's what I'm trying to say is it's it's it definitely is them giving this the most attention completely and, and rightfully so because it's the the greatest I think it's the it's the the most anticipated story of the Clone Wars maybe in the whole series. Yeah, even before we you know, even before we got to this point or we knew this point was coming before before we even knew the Siege of Mandalore we are always anticipating how they're going to end the series. And now mm -hmm. when they announced the Siege of Mandalore, anyone anyway, this would be the last one, 
the last uh, episodes, it's just kind of made it that much more special. So the fact that they understood that and they went and put out all the stops too is a big deal in my opinion. No, yeah, and they had to, like you said, knowing that the series was saved and brought back and it's going to get the conclusion it needed and it deserved, they had to go all out and they certainly did. <laughs> and like you said, it's not just knowing it's the Siege of Mandalore, but even as fans of the series during season one and two, that early on, wanting to know, where's Ahsoka? Where's Rex in episode three? That was the big question early on in the series and something we always wanted to see. So just adding that to it as well is such a big deal and getting that finally revealed and having it be as high a quality as it was and just the care it went with everyone involved from the cast and the crew to, to tell that story that we've all been waiting years to see. Yeah. And speaking of, you know, that battle kind of being like a throwback to like the older, like the beginning of Clone Wars, or whatever. Like, I love how this scene right here, like just mirrors Ahsoka walking out of that shuttle for the first time in the Clone Wars movie. Um, and it's yeah. crazy to see, I mean, her growth and character progression and just how far the, the characters have come, how far the show has come. I mean, if you had told us back in 2008 that this was all going to end with like Darth Maul being back and Mandalorians involved and all kinds of stuff like, you know, that would have just sounded crazy. But also seeing this animation compared to, you know, the, the animation of the Clone Wars movie, it's just it's a nice little parallel moment. Um just to see how far the show has come. I always like how Anakin, him and the reunion for him and Ahsoka wasn't what he pictured where she's, it kind of wasn't like a big greeting where they were, where they go, how going to embrace after not seeing each other so long. Ahsoka is just down to business and really mm -hmm. is there to do what she needs to do. And Anakin, you know, wanted to, not dispense with the pleasantries, as he would later say, as Vader in Return of that Jedi. But he wanted to have the pleasantries here, but didn't get it. Just kind of showing the different sides they were coming from when they were reunion here. But as we'll see later on, it gets better. Yeah. Also, I love there was a meme I saw where, uh, you know, Anakin says, what were you doing on Obadiah? And she says, that's a long story and not really important right now. And they were like, that's the best way to sum up the Martez arc. <laughs> <laughs> But also, even this is so cool to see, like, again, you talk about being fans of the series from the beginning and as far back as season two, when uh, the Death Watch was trying to help the Separatists, like, you know, they were they were basically trying to prompt a Republic invasion of Mandalore, thinking that the Mandalorians would rebel against it and rally to Death Watch and everything. And it's, you know, we've always been wondering, like, OK, when is the Republic going to get involved with Mandalore? And now here it is. And we're finally, you know, lining up for this big battle. Um, and it's funny too. I also just rewatch recently rewatched uh the episode where Bogatan is first introduced, where she's um kind of just pre Vizsla's like right hand thug or whatever. In that episode with uh where Ahsoka and Lux, um like Lux is trying to recruit oh, the so Death Watch heads to, to help him. Uh, a million people. Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> When Ahsoka beheads a bunch of Mandos. yeah 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 yeah, um, so amazing. And to see, great, even, to see even see even Bogatan just kind of be like a grunt in that to being you know the the leader that's working with the Jedi here. It's like who would have thought we'd see her come this far. I, I also really like the idea that they're keeping it consistent with the story that Obi Wan isn't going to go against the Jedi Order, and they can't exactly just go try to bail out Mandalore. That's this planet that is independent. Uh, 
just because of what's going on. And I, I love the fact that Anakin is going to help Ahsoka. And I love the fact that because where we're at in the story, Ahsoka can go do that because she's not technically a part of the Jedi Order. I love that. I love taking the continuity and making it work because we all wonder, where is Ahsoka? Like, like, like Tim was saying, where's Rex? And this is the perfect incontinuity uh, idea of why they're not there in episode three. Mm-hmm. It makes complete sense. I, I go back to the whole comic book continuity aspect, right, Tim, where they're using the continuity in the stories to enhance everything, you know, going forward. They're not just kind of like, let's make up a brand new excuse. No, no, no. They're going back and taking yeah. all these big plot points and making it even more of a bigger deal later on. So, and again, you have this, this scene right here, the impactful scene where they all have the Ahsoka helmets. It's like they're all honoring Ahsoka. And again, it all, it all makes sense because you already have that stuff before. Again, it's not like a, a comic book thing, but it's definitely a comic book thing to take continuity and really enhance it and make it even a bigger deal. Going back to those episodes, like you were saying, Kyle, of watching, you know, Death Watch and what happens with, uh, you know, why they didn't, you know, why they only sent Obi-Wan in the first place. They didn't send a whole clone army. They just sent a couple Jedi. So it just all, I just love the fact that how the reason why Ahsoka and Rex aren't there makes 100% sense in the continuity and, and the stories of what happened before. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, totally. And, and seeing and, this, oh, sorry, go ahead, Tim. No, I was just going to say with this scene right here, this was one of the ones where it was just so great to see finally in finished animation because this was one of the first instances that got us super or for me personally really excited slash bummed about the season Mandalore at that time not knowing we were going to see it thinking uh what could have been I believe it was that celebration Europe I want to say it was when Dave was doing that panel with Ashley Eckstein yeah and he was telling this all the details about Ahsoka was going to meet up with Anakin the clones were going to honor her by painting their helmets to that to show her respect and it just sounded so cool and this made me think ah oh, if only we could see this and here we are watching it and it did not disappoint with the finished animation yeah looking as great as it did and just you could just see the emotional impact it had on ahsoka and just i just love that respect that the clones had for ahsoka for all the especially in particular the 501st obviously for all the missions they went on together it just makes total sense it's just such a cool little detail to add to their relationship that they would do this for her knowing that she was coming back. So it's just awesome. Awesome. When I heard Dave Filoni describe it, and even more awesome to finally see it in animation. Yeah, definitely. I think that was the moment hearing him describe that at celebration and going into that much detail. I was like, we have to get this story at some point. I don't think he would be teasing it this much if it, you know, or it just sounds like it's too special of a story to not have told. Um, and thankfully that was the case. Um, and now here we are. And I like even this whole banter between Anakin and, or or, sorry, between, uh, Ahsoka and Obi-Wan right here, I think is great where, um, you know, again, she's left the Jedi order and now has seen the perspective, you know, seen other perspectives outside of that and is like, you know, you guys are rushing off to to rescue the chancellor because you're playing politics or like, you know, you're just loyal to him. But like, what about the people in the rest of the galaxy that need you? Um, and Obi-Wan being the one that's kind of staunchly sticking to the rules and Anakin kind of playing peacemaker and be like, OK, well, what if we 
play by the Jedi rules, but bend them a little bit. And I can send Rex with her and, you know, he's able to find that compromise. So, and like you said, Paul perfectly explains why they're not in episode three. Yeah. At the same time, again, they're both right though. I don't think either one of them is making a wrong exactly. point. Obi-Wan yeah. even says, you know, Ahsoka, that's not fair because this is a big deal, a big moment in the war. The Chancellor has been abducted. I mean, of course they're going to have to make that the priority. Oh, absolutely. At the same time, Ahsoka is 100% right also. You can't forget about the people mm-hmm. and others yeah. in need. So just well, great stuff. Yeah. And, and that that's a great point, Tim. There's, there's, there really isn't a wrong answer or a right answer, but at the same time, what are they working for? And again, I go back to the fact that like why Obi-Wan, it makes sense with Obi-Wan because they, Mandalore is not part of the Republic. You know, it's like they chose not to be a part of it. So, mm-hmm. but that's what, yeah, that's Ahsoka's point that just because they're not part of the Republic, like your duty isn't supposed to be to the Republic. It's supposed to be to just helping people. Well, right. But the problem but, is, is that they're, yeah, but that's, again, but they're a part of the but, Republic. The yeah, whole but, uh, yeah, exactly. It's at the same time, of course, they're going to go save the Chancellor. So, um, it's, it's, but it's, yeah, it's, then, but Anakin's able to find that compromise, have them be able to kind of do both. Mm-hmm. Also, I just want to say real quick Kevin Kiner knocked it out of the park with these final episodes, mm-hmm. but especially with this episode, that moment where the music swells up when Anakin gives her the lightsabers. Um, and even through that whole scene, like the conversation with Rex and everything, and even before that, as they're walking through the hallway and, you know, he's just talking about the loyalty of the clones and everything. Um, I mean, again, there's just one more aspect of of these final episodes that really got, uh, you know, all the, the love and care and attention that it needed. Um, and the music just helps make it as fantastic as it is. I also have to say that I love the the idea of intercutting between the story of episode three and that they're they're going it's as we'll get on in, in these episodes that they're 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 going on the same time as, as important moments in episode three. And I love the fact that it's not just like at least right into episode three. It's actually happening at the same time mm-hmm. and that this is these these characters big moment for episode three and how it's. How, how am I going to explain this? It's basically the, this is such a big moment in the galaxy that it's not just affecting this, these core people of like Obi-Wan and Anakin, but also Ahsoka Rex and the rest of the galaxy. And this is just one portion of the galaxy being affected where you could do little episodes of other people and affecting and Jedi and whatnot through it. But this is just one other aspect of these characters. And I love the fact that this is it, the Order 66 and, and everything, the the birth of the Empire, this is that, you know, a different sort, a different side or version of that in the galaxy. It's it's really cool to see that yeah. how it impacts everything, not just Anakin and Obi-Wan and, and the Jedi right there. That's a great point because Maul kind of like hints at that also as he's talking how this is such a pivotal moment in the galaxy where nothing's going to be the same again. And that's why... I, I mean, it's easy to say right now when just speaking about the main canon, of course, we've got the High Republic coming. There's supposed to be that big event that's going to trigger the events of that story. But I don't know. It's going to be hard for anything to top what happens here in the events of Revenge of the Sith, the end of the Clone Wars, Order 66 as being the most pivotal, important moment in the galaxy to how things change just like that and how it wasn't like an invasion overthrowing a government. It was the government being manipulated and then turned into an empire by the person who was in charge of from the get-go, orchestrating a war, playing both sides, just 
the biggest change and moment in the history of the Star Wars galaxy, I think, is always going to be this, at least for me. We'll see later on what other stories we get throughout the course and history of the Star Wars universe, but it's going to be hard for moments to top this one and big changes for that happened in the galaxy as big as what Palpatine did here. That yeah, affected definitely. so many people. And I also what, love, I, too, how even though it's a it's a quick change and we're kind of jumping ahead here because obviously this is order 66 that we're talking about um, while Ahsoka's flying around here kicking butt without a jetpack. Um, But also, I mean, I I love how that it it is such a pivotal moment and yet it's, there's so much buildup to it and there was so much groundwork that had to be laid for that to happen. And it's not really just a, a quick, you know, whether it's Anakin turning to the dark side or or the Republic willingly accepting that the Jedi are enemies now, like Palpatine had to lay a lot of groundwork for all that. And we've seen a lot of that in the background of, of a lot of the stuff going on in Clone Wars. How freaking cool is this right here, though? I mean, you got Ahsoka like leaping from ship to ship, kicking guys out, slicing their jetpacks, saving the clone pilot. And then she gets the, you know, jump, fall through the air, strike <laughs> oh the epic gosh, pose on the so landing deep. pad. Um, just such a cool moment and such a cool character. I feel like, you know, like she's really earned this, you know, with everything that we've seen her go through over the course of the series. Um, just, it's, I don't know. I, I love it. I love her character. She's so great, especially in these last episodes. And like I said, you know, just watching her grow up from annoying little snips in the Clone Wars movie to, uh, you know, to really kind of coming into her own as a Jedi and then leaving the order and now coming back and leading these troops into battle on Mandalore. Um, just a great moment. I think that what, again, a lot of people will probably disagree with me on this, but the, uh, the Martell sisters, the episodes before you, you really do need those episodes to get the idea. Even though I do agree that those episodes were a little bit longer than they needed to be. They didn't, they did not need to have, what, three, four episodes. I think it was four episodes. But that being said, you need to see Ahsoka kind of grow up a little bit. And I feel like that arc did do a, I think that arc did a good job of getting her to this point right here. We already had the other seasons getting up to, you know, leading up to this, but those episodes really solidified why Ahsoka is so mature at this time and has made the decision to do what she needs to do. And she's not wavering. Cause I feel like if she was, uh, if she had maybe had this happened before that those, like say that that story never happened, the Martell sisters, whatever, I think they're the Martell sisters, whatever. Um, if that never happened, you almost could see Ahsoka becoming a Jedi again. And, <laughs> but well, because of those episodes that I feel that like it kind of convinced her that she, no, she won't become a Jedi. It, she will do her own thing. See, I kind of feel the opposite because at the end of those episodes, they tell her, you can try to run from being a Jedi. You left the order, but like, you're still at your core. You are what a Jedi should be. And I think that's what makes Ahsoka want to come back and work with them again. Like, even though she may not agree with the council or agree with everything they do. At, I, I think she realizes kill. they have this, she, they have the same goals in mind. And, and later on when, um, you know, when she says, I did my duty as a citizen and Yoda says, like, not as a Jedi. And she's like, no, not yet. Or something like that. Like, you can tell she's thinking about it. She's she's willing to yeah. reconsider. I, I see. I, I take it as she's. 
See, I don't know. So I, I I took that as in the end at the end of the episodes as she's like, I'm not a Jedi and I don't want to be affiliated with them because they're not what they need to be. And she doesn't want to be she can't just be like, I'm gonna be a new Jedi. She's like, no, I'm nothing. And I think it solidifies that in Rebels, uh, because of that reason. She's like, I'm not I'm I'm no Jedi. And I think to me, this is the beginning of that because she sees like how like Jedi are and doesn't want to be that. And she, again, I think the sisters solidified why like when they say that to her she's like yeah it, it makes it more more of a, a substantial thing and that's why when she tells yoda that she's like no like not yet meaning like unless you guys you know to me again i take it as like it's not until you guys be what i need to be what i think you need to be will i be a jedi that's what i took it as and by the way this guy's armor is amazing it really yeah. is i would buy a <laughs> prime Min- i would buy a prime minister all making armor action figure yeah. in a heartbeat seriously it's so good and actually this was you don't hear about this moment right here we talked about too much as a one of the best action sequences of the arc but it's a pretty cool little skirmish that they have between mm. his mandalorian yeah her mandalorian and even the scuffle between bo katan and omak was pretty cool too and omak he thought he'd be a little the way he acted would be a pushover but he kind of held his own for a little bit until bo eh. got the best of him he, he, yeah. he shot a blaster at her for like 20 minutes it seemed like <laughs> but uh man this mano this mano armor is just ridiculously cool yeah it's interesting because you know we always thought that the siege of mandalore was going to be this big deal and the actual battle for mandalore itself is kind of quick like i mean i know they do some more fighting in the next episode but it's like within i mean the battle is really just the last half of the first episode and then they've already taken out almec and kind of taken control of mandalore um well not until it's not that it's, it's not to me it's not until they take control of maul which is the end of the next episode so well, to me right but i'm talking about in terms of the the military engagement like in the next episode they've got almec in prison they're talking about like oh we're securing this and that and we're kind of cleaning up around the city and whatever um, and they've already like the Republic has kind of taken control. You see that when when they're kind of hurting the people along the street and stuff, too. Um, and so it's it's just like it, it's not bad because obviously the action and stuff that we get is really cool. It's just kind of, you know, different than expected. And obviously they had to make room for so much more story stuff. And it's like it's not really about the battle. And it's I mean, that's perfectly fitting for the Clone Wars in general, right? Because it was never really about the war, the clones and the droids and everybody was just pawns in Palpatine's greater plans and stuff. Um, And in this case, like this battle for Mandalore, obviously Maul's purpose for this is so much bigger than just clones fighting mandalorians or or trying to fight ahsoka or obi-wan or whatever um and then of course you got to leave room for for order 66 and seeing how how all that plays out so um i, I think guess the, the, the action with the mandalorians and stuff that we get is really cool but it's just kind of it's one small part in all this but i i think it's actually what what, what i think is interesting is the fact that we have the siege of mandalore could be just two episodes like it could just it could be like you could label it as a siege of mandalore and then like the end of the clone yeah, Wars. yeah. It, it, but but they list but i th- it's obviously for simple simplistic reasons they're all it's all stems from the siege of mandalore that's why they leave it as the siege of mandalore otherwise that's i think they would do that if that makes any sense um it, but because you very well could the siege of mandalore could, could just be this two episode arc which would be fine i think yeah. we would all be happy 
if that was the case, we'd be we'd be happy with that if they labeled it. You know, they told us that beforehand. So if they, if we instead tell us it was four episodes, and they told us it was two, and then they had the end of the Clone Wars, I'd be you know fine with that. This is intro, by the way, is phenomenal. Yeah. And you could tell it's a little bit it's it's different. It's like it's all part of the same. Uh, it's it's all you know, part two because it's not the same intro as the as a regular Clone Wars episode. Yeah, right, right. I love. Yeah, you can tell it's meant to just go from one right into another. I really would love to get this as a, a movie length cut at some point. I think they, you know, I think they will. I, I just a lim- like even like a limited. Imagine, think about how much money they could make. Even it may not be a huge profit, but still a profit if they release it uh, releases as one cut with like a steel book, like well, Best Buy exclusive. I think what they should do, they could make a lot of money selling it as a Blu-ray. I also think it would be really cool if they did like a limited run in theaters, like, you know, one of those like fathom events kind of things or whatever, even though we've already seen it, I would would still pay to go see this in the theater. And then, but you could use that as marketing for the bad batch series that was just confirmed and say like, Hey, go see the siege of Mandalore. And there's going to be like a special sneak preview for the bad batch series at the beginning of it or something like that. So again, that's assuming theaters are still open. Well, (laughs) they're going to be open at the time. No, this would be, this would be like next year. But well, yeah, according to some people, as if you're not if you're listening to this like 20 years in the future, this is when the pandemic is happening. If you haven't <laughs> noticed. Man, Sam Whitwer just brought his A game oh as he always gosh. does. But yeah. man, he really brought his A game in this episode. He's so good. Yeah. Yeah, I love I mean, even from the outset here, but obviously the there's the scene later where he's talking about everything that's coming and it's you know, probably my favorite mall stuff ever. Um, But like, I love how he goes from being so arrogant and confident and being like, Oh yeah, your plans mean nothing, whatever to suddenly, you know, he mentions Darth Sidious and is like scared to even have the words come out of his mouth, you know, and like looking around, like he's going to come out of the shadows because he did last time he was on Mandalore with Sidious. Yeah. <laughs> he kind of just popped up out of the shadows and kicked the crap out of him. So that's a good point. Um, I didn't think about that. But you and know, just I, knowing, I, I just love how Maul is like he's kind of like that crazy guy in like a sci-fi or horror movie or whatever that is like, oh, the end's coming or whatever. But you know, he's like totally right, and like nobody believes him. Yeah, and just how he must feel to be in this moment because. As he said when he got his mind back on uh, Dathomir, how he knew that the war started without him. He knew Palpatine's plans. Maybe not everything in full detail, but he knew yeah. what the end game was. And now he's in it, and just how he's kind of how anxious and uneasy he must feel, knowing he's not part of Palpatine's plan, and just how he's going to fit in this big change coming to the galaxy. So it just makes total sense he'd be feeling that way, just talking about Sidious and what he knows, and not knowing how it's going to happen. Because yeah, obviously yeah. once Order 66 goes down and Ahsoka explains to him what happened, he's like, oh, and that's kind of when all the pieces click. And he says he didn't know all the details of the plan. So knowing and kind of having – I mean obviously he's been having these dreams and premonitions, but also he probably just knows enough of Palpatine's plan to kind of realize like, hey, this looks like it's getting close to like when he said he was going to do the thing, but not knowing what that's actually going to look like. You know, and like it's like this is still the Republic fighting the Separatists. And I know he has grand plans for this empire and stuff like what's what's the catch? Like, you know, he's waiting for the shoe to drop. So. um, But yeah, this was 
Oh, sorry, no, I was just going to say how we're talking about how we're glad it intersected with episode three and not leading up to it. But I was surprised it was doing that in the second episode of the mm-hmm. arc when Obi-Wan stole and Anakin killed Dooku already. It's like, oh, man, they're already like we're just right in the mix of it because I always yeah. assumed that this was like probably still on their way to Coruscant. They just haven't they're on their Republic cruiser. They just haven't gotten their star a starfighter just yet and before they prepare to battle he's getting a briefing on what's happening on mandalore but no ball that's over with and it just made me think okay we're really gonna get into the meat of revenge of the sith and order 66 by the time this arc is over i just couldn't be more excited yeah. when i realized yeah. that it's and when, when he says you know i'm being sent to Utapau to hunt down grievous like we're a decent ways into episode three mm-hmm. well and i think that this is where i think the it benefits again, these episodes, because it, it, it really shows you the impact of what's going on in episode three and the impact of, of, I think of these characters and how it does a great job of making them matter still during for episode three. That's the, that's the underrated part of doing this is that you, if you essentially make it them a part of episode three without having to put reshoot episode three. Yeah. Uh And it's brilliant. And yeah. And, and even perfectly. having scenes like this where you fit in areas where it's like, well, here's a, a time period in the movie where Obi-Wan, you know, could be off doing whatever. And we can sneak in, yep. you know, have him have a conversation with Ahsoka. And it doesn't break any continuity or change anything in episode three, but just adds further subtext to it. That's just so good. And this mm-hmm. part here where she says, tell Anakin and he just says, I will. I love how they leave that open ended. But to me, because he says I'm I'm being sent to Utapau to hunt down Grievous, but he doesn't say I'm on my way to Utapau. So I think this scene is right before the scene where uh, he then talks to Anakin as he's leaving to Utapau. And so mm-hmm. when he says, like, you know, you're strong and wise and I'm proud of you and you've become such a great Jedi and everything, it's almost like he's saying that on behalf of him and Ahsoka. No, exactly. And I think and I also think that Ahsoka and kind of was surprised and, and, and maybe because I think because she he could feel obviously from her what she wanted to tell him like you know how how she appreciated him and everything and because I think that's what he's relaying to to me to Anakin he's like I appreciate you and he's given him the you know the, the cur- encouragement that he needs because he know because she maybe she knows that Anakin needs to hear it right now because mm-hmm. at this exactly. point yeah. the, the council is she feels it in her heart like there's something going on. And again, again, like I, there's this, uh, the brilliance of the fact that they've put, they've integrated episode three into this story where they now they are essentially a part of episode three without having to reshoot it is just brilliant. It, it to me is, is so brilliant. And again, you're making Darth Maul a part of episode three, even though he, again, he's not. And again, I, I think that's brilliant because he should have been, in my opinion, I think he even even before the Clone Wars, I really wish he he was a part of episode three. I, I, he's the one the one criticism, I would say, even again, not knowing Sam Witwer, I wish that he was still part of the villain. One of the villains that would have gone all the way through with Sidious because he's such a great visual villain. That being said, now that we have him in the Clone Wars, I think it's worth what we've gotten. And I, I'm glad that his story and impact is still felt in the prequel trilogy or the prequel era because of the Clone Wars. And this episode is, is no, to me, is as, as good as anything that we get in episode three. And as you guys all know, episode three, if you listen to our last episode, is one of my favorite Star Wars films of all time. It's my top three. So 
I say that meaning it's there's it's a big deal for for me to say that these episodes are incredible and Darth Maul is a giant reason because of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think to that point, like I'm glad that Maul was quote unquote killed when he was in Phantom Menace because it yeah. paved the way for all this stuff. Like, and I've said before, I wasn't a huge fan of the idea of bringing him back because I don't like when they bring back dead characters just to sort of milk it more. And it's like, oh, that was a fan favorite. And, you know, oh, we're going to, you know, just kind of drag more story out when a lot of times it's like, you know what? It was better the first time and you should have just left him dead. But obviously not the case with Darth Maul because everything that that character has been through since they resurrected him has been so much more interesting than what he was in Phantom Menace. And obviously he's a cool visual bad guy and that's an awesome lightsaber fight. Um, But he just gets so much more character and personality and and so much more nuance to the character that we never would have seen just from the movies. No, yeah, without question. I mean, it was kind of the big complaint about Phantom Menace. How can you kill off a character like Darth Maul? And Lucas even said the way he died he chopped him in half, so he'd be sure that it'd be impossible to bring him back in the <laughs> later on. <laughs> he realized that he would be a chopped in half. Could have bring down what the potential a character could have had moving on just from that one movie. And obviously, like he said, just the stuff that we've got in Clone Wars, in Rebels, has just proved that point where it was more than worth bringing him back. And this is how it all fits in perfectly, too, where it would be something you're unsure of how would this play out play out would it be just be a gimmick for a couple of episodes here and there but no he's such a focal point in some of those pivotal moments in the skywalker saga and it's just awesome that he is part of that now in just such a bigger way than we all thought mm-hmm. and i love and this again, right here the yeah about the just, skywalker name. yeah yeah exactly and i mean you kind of had a feeling that this was maybe what they were getting at but Again, tying it in that much more closely with with episode three that and, it, you know, it's funny thinking about it now, like um, and I'm thinking about the what I call Dave Filoni's sermon on the Phantom Menace that he gave in uh, the, the Disney gallery, the Mandalorian, where he's mm-hmm. talking about the importance of Duel of the Fates and how uh, it's like Qui-Gon and Darth Maul fighting for the fate of Anakin as a child. And it's almost repeated here with Maul versus Ahsoka. It's like. Yeah. You know, there's it's like there's a whole nother battle going on for, you know, sort of with Anakin's fate in the balance that we didn't know was happening during episode three. I mean, it's not literally like a, a battle for his fate because Ahsoka wins and Anakin still turns to the dark side. But it's almost, you know, just knowing how close they could have been to uncovering the whole thing. It's kind of the same with like uh, like fives in the Order 66 arc when he finds out what's going on and comes so close to telling everybody. And obviously he dies and, uh, you know, Order 66 happens anyways. And it's like, well, if you watch the movie, that doesn't really seem like an important story. But if you watch, you know, watch that story and then watch the movie and just see everything that's, you know, that happens. It's so tragic. Just knowing that someone came so close to stopping it just kind of adds another layer of, of depth yep. and just tragic drama and emotion to it. And it's, you know, same thing here with, with Anakin's fate. Totally. And there's a cool recognition of little teases of things to come from all in the future with Dryden Voss mm-hmm. cameo right there. Really cool. Little I love touch, that. addition. By yeah, the way, yeah. how freaking cool is Gar Saxon's armor? Yeah. With that yellow yeah, visor and the horns it, and everything. It was just so cool when 
Maul was getting that information he wanted out of Jesse through the force. And we just see Garth Saxon walk down that hallway, puts the helmet on, just the way it just lights up before the shot fades away. Just really cool. <laughs> just uh-huh. such a cool visual seeing that light go on in the Mandalorian. <laughs> And we were just past the two where they were having their, or Bo-Katan was, they're having their scuffle on the elevator and a clone and a Mandalorian were in that elevator. It just, I just love seeing clones and Mandalorians together. It's just one of those geek out details I was looking forward to seeing in this arc, seeing clones and Mandalorians together. It just, that didn't disappoint either. Just the two cool, two of the coolest visuals uh, in Star Wars for me as far as, Helmet and character designs. It's the Mandalorians and Clone Troopers, and seeing them on screen together, it did not disappoint how cool it was. Yeah. Did he? Did he leave the dark saber on Dathomir? I think so. He, yeah, because that's. I was wondering why he doesn't have it here. Yeah, I would assume so because he doesn't have it. I I love that scene. Maul is so sinister and manipulative. He senses everything that's coming. He tells his his underground peeps, you know, the Black Sun and Crimson Dawn and everybody to go hide underground. And he knows that the Mandalorians aren't going to do that. And so he's like, well, I just got to get these pawns off the board then and get them out of the way because otherwise they're just going to be a liability for me. And he gives this big rousing speech about you're Mandalorians. And if you go down, it's going to be on the field of battle. And he's appealing to, you know, sort of their honor as warriors and he's really just sending them to their deaths and they're cheering for it. He probably figured, I mean, that's kind of an easy way to deal with it because that would be something they'd want to hear. Of course they'd want to, if they have to die, die in the glory of battle as being the warrior race that they are. And he probably realized that from the get-go and knew that would be an easy way to get rid of them if he had to. So mm-hmm. this is so cool seeing them deflect those or blasters and just seeing how they curved one side to the other. Yeah. So awesome. Yeah, I remember watching this for the first time and just thinking, oh, Jesse's dead. Me too, but, you know, it just kind of shows just how unimportant everything is right now. All he cares about is just him and Ahsoka mm-hmm. trying to get her to join him. Well, yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, when he says, you know, here as a show of good faith, I return your comrade to you. Like, of course, we're all thinking, oh, watch, he's going to just like stab him in the back, pull like a, uh, a Rick on Stark from Game of Thrones. Um but he really is like he's like no here you can have your guy back i just want to talk to you we got more important stuff to discuss than this battle between the clones and the mandalorians that's going on um so you know it's interesting to see maul take a different side for once than just being like the the power hungry sort of maniacal villain or the guy that you can't trust and have him actually be not good but like making sense for once This is probably one of the most cinematic moments of the arc, not just this battle, but the conversation between Maul and Ahsoka that they have in that throne room, just the way it's shot. Again, the acting, the dialogue, the music, everything about yeah. it is just uh, perfect. And the way that it cuts back and forth, just the yeah. the tension is perfectly paced between the conversation they're having and then the way it keeps cutting back to the battle outside and then you go inside and see it from their perspective and it's just these muffled explosions again you see rex and bogatan and everybody fighting for their lives and then you cut back inside the throne room and it's like it's not that important compared to what's going on here between the jedi and the sith so um and like you said just neither of them are a jedi or a sith technically well true true i should say the struggle between the light side and the dark side 
Um, exactly. And I'm not even talking about the two of them as Jedi and Sith, but also, again, as this relates to Anakin and Sidious and, and that greater conflict and everything. Um, yeah, that stuff makes it so great, too, because, like I said, even technically they're, she's not a Jedi and he's not a Sith. They still embody what those two sides mm-hmm. are fighting for yeah. well in this moment. Yeah. Here. Mm-hmm. yeah. In fact, it's interesting because you would think, like, Yoda and Sidious are never going to come together and team up. And it's like Ahsoka is, you know, she was a Jedi, but she's not anymore. Maul was a Sith, but he's not anymore. So the two of them have, you know, they're kind of aligned with those sides, but they also have the distance and the perspective that like they are the two that could come together. And, you know, if there was ever a light side user and a dark side user that would team up for the greater good, it would be these two. Um and yet it obviously still doesn't work out. But again, just seeing how close they come and you don't know what that would look like. Like if the two of them actually did team up and go bust down Sidious's door, like, you know, I don't think they actually would have been able to kill him. But um, again, it's just it's cool to think of of what could have been and the potential implications of just all this underlying stuff. The animation that they do for the 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 actors or or excuse me the characters' faces is just so good in this episode. It's it's the fact ridiculous. that you refer to them as actors just proves your point. About no, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's beautiful. Like I, Ahsoka's and facial this, expressions are so good in this this scene right here. Yeah, you're right. I mean, just the expressions on her face in those close ups, but then that exploding window and the just oh. This is this might be this is probably the best like join me moment in Star Wars. I mean, aside from maybe like the I am your father, but I mean that's that's iconic yeah, for really. that's iconic for different reasons though. But yeah, in terms yeah. of like and, and especially like I said, Maul trying to get her to join him and he, you know, her actually being able to see his point. But then when you know she's about to join him and she says, Wait, but what do you want with Anakin Skywalker? And he drops the bomb that, you know, no, he's not the chosen one. He's not going to restore balance. He's going to join the Sith and destroy everything. And again, he's right. But Ahsoka won't accept it. And she's willing to fight him. I mean, she is the reason that this whole alliance falls apart. Like, and again, to think that they maybe could have stopped it. But she's basically, she chooses to fight for Anakin's honor because she knows he wouldn't do that, and yet he does. And again, just adds it just uh, makes it that much more impactful. It doesn't change the story at all because you can't change the story because Anakin was always going to become Darth Vader. But just seeing this perspective of it, that you know, the fact that this is it's maybe a day away from happening, and yet Ahsoka is willing to fight to the death just based on the fact that she doesn't believe he would do that is it's just crazy. Yeah, and you would think that after everything that happens later on with Order 66 and the state of the galaxy, she maybe would have thought was Maul right about Mm -hmm. Anakin, but she does not accept it until she's actually face-to-face with Darth Vader's mask ripped apart by her where she could see Anakin's face. That's the only way she's going to accept it, is seeing it with her own eyes. Oh, yeah. Gosh, maybe we we just need to do a Twilight of the Apprentice commentary after this. (laughs) I was, yeah. I was uh, when this episode came out, I or this one's particularly. I was uh, my daughter was just born, and I had this really weird like I was watching a different like uh, uh, you know what Airbnb could think of the word, and you know not on my TV, but just 
in a weird state of mind and a good state of mind, but just different kind of everything. And this was just still just took me out of it for a minute and how good it was and how incredible it, everything was. Again, if you guys knew what, you know, going through all those things at once, like having a daughter and all that stuff. And then, and then this kind of takes your mind off of that. It, that's a pretty big deal. I mean, yeah. you know, considering <laughs> yeah, it's, I would say. Yeah, it, it's a meaning like that's a that shows you how good this is. The fact that you really it really transported me. And the choreography, the choreography yeah. of that fight is just incredible. Yeah, I, it really was. This really was what it was built to do. And again, the fact they they actually had an Ahsoka versus Darth Maul fight, which is something we never thought we were going to get when they first announced the show. Even when they first announced Maul was coming back, we never thought those two characters would fight. And now. It just, it only seemed, it seemed fitting that these two characters would fight at the end of the series. Yeah. And it, it, it's a great uh, cap, what's, what's the word I'm thinking of? Captive, uh, like, like a cap, a good, a good cap to the season, you could say. That's what mm. I'm trying to say. Well, yeah, it's, again, to me, it's really demonstrative of Ahsoka's character growth and, I mean, they they do a really good job of just selling it and making you buy into it. Because, for example, early on in the Clone Wars, like there's episodes in season one where she, you know, she's bratty, inexperienced little 14 year old goes toe to toe with General Grievous and holds her own and like cuts his hand off. And, you know, she has to run away. She doesn't like thoroughly defeat him. But I remember thinking like, eh, I don't know, they're kind of making Grievous out to be like a punk. And, you know, Ahsoka's maybe like better than she should be or whatever and you know like like you're saying when maul came back if you had told me that ahsoka was gonna fight darth maul and hold her own i'd be like you're kidding and the fact that this is now where we're at in the finale of the series and i i love this fight i totally buy into it that they're pretty evenly matched i mean again you see how skilled and mature ahsoka is at this point and you know knowing that she studied under anakin for so many years and yet she doesn't win by overpowering Maul. Like you could make the argument that he's still the better fighter. He does kind of get the best, the better of her, but then she wins out in the end by being uh, patient. And he kind of, you know, just does the typical, you know, thing that Sith or villains do and gets overconfident and just kind of goes after uh, aggressively and recklessly. Um, And I like, I'm totally fine with it. I think, the just the way that this fight goes, the way that both of them are sort of matched in terms of their their fighting styles and everything, like I I totally buy into it, and I think it's you know again just looking back at season one and seeing where Ahsoka was and the the journey that she goes on and the growth to bring her up to this point is why she's honestly one of my favorite Star Wars characters. Yeah, that's I was I was a little surprised. It's not it was a small portion, but some people complain how Maul was defeated or lost the battle here saying oh they just lessened Maul's character even more so uh, why, what? Uh, yeah. why he lost this fight like did you even watch this fight to see how it played out and have you watched the progression of Ahsoka throughout the series <laughs> showing how she is more than capable of going toe to toe with them it's just like no kidding compl- complaining for complaining sake yeah. and, the fact this that, is and the fact that she like takes the lightsaber and throws him off now I want to say I need to comment about this because this is I think an underrated aspect of the show or excuse me, of this episode, <clears throat> when Maul's Sam Witwer right here, as they they knock him out, and then he kind of comes to it. I, I I'm not sure. I have it on mute, 
But when as soon as Maul is like freaking out, saying no, don't do it, he's like, don't do it, don't bring me here. He's like freaking out, like he's because he knows what's gonna happen. Yeah, he wants Mm -hmm. to die. He wants to live. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. I that is an underrated, I think, moment of I think the writing of the acting of everything right there, because that's that is dark for one thing. Yeah, and two that it again the impact and what the fact that maul knows i mean the fact that maul knows what's coming he not he doesn't know exactly how it's going to happen as we find out in this next episode but the fact that he knows it's coming and he wants to die that is dark and kind of awesome yeah i mean well, it's, and it's not just that he knows what's coming for the galaxy and with with order 66 yeah. and the empire and everything Jedi. but again you also think back to uh, season five, where Sidious killed his brother in front of him, uh, then overpowered Maul, tortured him with force lightning, and then you go into the Son of Dathomir comics where he kills his mother, and you know, like he is—he's terrified of Sidious, and for good reason. And it, again, it's—I don't think it's even his plan that he's scared of. Because he's got his own plans. He's like, oh, I'm going to, you know, go underground with my criminal guys and we're going to weather the storm and, you know, there's going to be chaos and we're going to survive in it. But he's worried that, you know, if he gets captured and they bring him back to city as face to face, he's like, I'm not doing that again. Yeah. No, I. Uh, and plus, it, it's kind of like he's, he struck out on his plans that he tried to accomplish on Mandalore, try to lure Obi-Wan and Anakin. They didn't show. It's OK. Try to get Ahsoka to join him. She doesn't try to defeat her in a lightsaber battle. He doesn't. And so it's like, that's just now the plans he wanted to try to defeat Sidious have failed. And like you said, Kyle, knowing what's in store for him, if he's taken prisoner by the Republic, that it'd be worse than death for him. So mm-hmm. yeah, it just makes total sense for him to act that way, but yet it makes it a powerful moment too. So that's where he's at as a character, knowing yeah. all that stuff that happened that you mentioned throughout the course of the Clone Wars. Yeah, oh, man. I just it. They need to make this into a movie. Like yeah. I, I know, I, <laughs> I, I know we keep. It's going to be a broken record about this whole commentary, but I have to say, I as we watch it, the more I watch it, they need to release this on like a movie theater or and or a steelbook limited edition on Best Buy or through some you know place because all of us will b- snatch that up real fast i don't even care um, about it, that as much like i would still buy it but i want to see this on a movie screen no I, i'm with so, you no i'm with you 100 then we got to get the revenge of the sith ultimate cut yeah where this is edited no, together I, I, and they, <laughs> no, honestly like they need to I, I think one of the things that in my opinion that disney needs to do and they, if they want to if i, I don't want to say repair because i don't i don't necessarily believe that but if they want to get in the goodwill of fans Doing stuff like that would be it may not please everyone, but it start creating some goodwill, if that makes any sense, I think. So just fun stuff like that. And, you know, and or like, again, releases as one movie, things like that, things that will be a little bit fun for fans. It's not you're not breaking the bank for it either. You know what I mean? So no. And honestly, I think at least as far as getting a movie cut of this, I think it's just a matter of time. I think they're just waiting for the right time, because, again, you can tell even just from the way the episodes are separated that it's meant to be viewed consecutively. Yeah. Um, And this scene blew me away, knowing they're taking dialogue in a scene directly from Revenge of the Sith as 
oh, Mace is talking to Yoda on Kashyyyk. As we see that, after that happens, we mm-hmm. see Ahsoka enter. So every time I watch Revenge of the Sith now in that moment, knowing that Ahsoka shows up after that scene transitions, mm-hmm. it's just so cool to know now. Mm-hmm. That. See? The gen- it's the it's the genius of Dave Filoni of incorporating it into episode three. And yep. the fact that now you'll never not think about these episodes during it because it's so seamless. It yeah. really is as, as seamless as animation to live action can be, obviously. But again, I, I, again, I don't mean to be a broken record and I don't want to talk like I'm in circles or talk in circles as some people have accused me of on reviews. Uh, but no, I, I, I just have to say it, it really is impressive. Every time I watch this, I'm just blown away of how seamless the, that Filoni did it and it how we accept it like when I like you said Tim like you as a hardcore fan have, sit and watch it and accept it and love it it's not like oh it's so abrasive and so weird like I can't buy into it like no you're like oh man I know exactly what's happening it's crazy it's that's what he wanted and that's what most I'd say Star Wars fans would would say about these episodes and episode three yeah and again just I love these these what if moments, what if Ahsoka had told Yoda right there yeah. what Maul had said about Anakin? And obviously it makes sense. It's not it's not like, oh, she's holding the information for herself and it doesn't make sense. But like she can't tell them because it's episode three. It's like, no, when Mace Windu is like, oh, sorry, citizen, these matters are for the council. It's like the, <laughs> you, you see her starting to warm up to them and trust them again a little bit. And then he kind of shuts that back down a little bit. So, yeah, she's going to keep something to herself. Um, I, but I, I also, and of know, course, she's uh, of course she's also concerned for Anakin and probably just wants to, but you know, maybe doesn't trust the council to to deal with remember, that. And wants to talk to him one on one. Remember though, Anakin. He, I think Yoda also knows what's happening with Anakin because of what happened with the Force priestesses. So I think Yoda kind of knows Anakin. Something's going down with Anakin. I think he's always hmm. known that in some ways, and I think that's why he's kind of like, you know. He's kind of seeing what she might know. And by the way, this thing that Maul's in, 100% amazing idea. Holy crap. Whoever yeah. whoever came up with this idea in Lucasfilm, whether it be Dave Filoni, George Lucas, I don't know who it is, whoever it was, freaking genius. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know I love any of the little stuff that they sprinkle in with the Mandalorian lore and culture that has to do with, like, their ancient wars with the Jedi. Um it's obviously that plays a big part into like the stories in the older public time period. And even though they haven't like directly linked to any of those, um, just, you know, when she says like a relic of a bygone era, when Mandalorians had reason to imprison you force wielding maniacs. And we know from rebels, like Kanan directly references like a man, a war between Jedi and Mandalorians. So I hope we get more of that kind of stuff at some point, like an actual fleshed out story about it, but just getting those little hints of lore and backstory. I love that kind of stuff. And it's interesting because this now, I feel like this whole arc takes a big shift right here and really narrows its focus because up to this point, it's been about the war for Mandalore. It's been about Obi-Wan and Anakin and connecting with episode three and Maul having these visions and big galaxy impacting stuff. And from the moment they get on this cruiser and then obviously, you know, we're going to get to order 66 in a few minutes. It's all about the characters right here on this ship. It's like the rest of the galaxy doesn't matter because we know what they're all going through from the movie. And it's kind of from that point on, like, you know, the the poodoo has hit the fan. 
the Jedi are all toast. We know what's going. We know Anakin's choice, and so it's not really you know hanging in the balance anymore. Um, and it's really just about Ahsoka and Rex and Maul and how they deal with the situation that this has all been building up to. But I think the reason why you, there's a, there's a tonal shift is because they're the music. The music purposely shifts right in during this oh, time. Yeah. Oh goes, yeah, well I'm not I'm not even talking about a shift in tone necessarily. I'm more talking about just in the scope and focus of the story. No, no, right, right, right. Um, but, but you're right. The, I, the music obviously shifts the tone right here to just be very eerie and mm-hmm. foreboding, um, yeah. and, and rightfully so because we know whole, what it's leading it, up to. Yeah, but the two episodes before that. Even up to the even up to when they they're leaving, it's still kind of cinematic and has a you know whatever, and then it literally shifts when they go in you know into the ship and everything. That's what I think is I love the artistic um, ideas there, the creativeness, if you will, that it goes into. I love that, and I think yeah. that is a, a, a that was a purposeful thing. Sorry, Tim, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, just to add what you guys are saying, this is actually one of the more suspenseful moments throughout the whole Clone War series. And it kind of sounds weird to say, as we know what's going to happen, but I remember watching it for the first time. I was shaking my leg as I was on the floor <laughs> as I was watching it, just waiting for it to happen. We're actually going to see how Rex and Ahsoka are going to deal with Order 66 and how that all goes down. And I just remember this all that buildup, what you guys were talking about once they entered the ship, the music, even their dialogue here is just building that suspense of knowing it's going to happen. These characters that we've known for seven seasons and come to love are going to have one of their biggest difficulty and challenges yet. And we don't know how it's going to go down, but it's not going to be good. And I just remember just being so anxious watching this entire sequence right here. It was just great. <laughs> I mean, not great for the characters, but just great as an, someone who obviously we're all diehard Star Wars fans and knowing what's happening, but yet we could still have those anxious and exciting moments as we're watching new star wars stories but yet we already know kind of familiar with that overall story it's just again it's a testament to how well done these episodes are tim you and i we watched these episodes this episode together i remember not loving it as much as you did and i just i think looking back on it the reason why is those first two episodes are just so impactful and amazing and, and from a you know at from that aspect but then with this it's a, again talk about you know what you said cal it's a tonal shift and i've gone back and, and i knew i probably would i think i told you that tim when we yeah. watched it via of course via the uh world between worlds of course <laughs> not 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 in person or anything like that um, no, of course as, not. <laughs> yeah as ahsoka again i love hearing the dial actual dialogue from episode three in this is, is amazing yeah it's um, such a great touch yeah and, and i Going back, oh, here we go. This, yeah, going back and rewatching this, this is what made me think to myself, okay, this is not as bad as I thought it was. And you're right, like, this is a great yeah, episode, not as bad. Yeah, no, 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 yeah, no exactly. I know, I know. Um, but yeah, gotcha. Oh, like man, you said, Tim, even that scene with her and Rex on the bridge when they're like saluting each other is such a beautiful scene. On its yeah. own, like it's a great moment between the two characters, but then you're watching it just knowing that Order 66 is about to happen at any moment. It just adds this dread and tension to it. Um, and then, of course, now it's like 
there it is. Like, you know, you can only build to it for so much. And then at some point it's just going to happen and the clones start shooting. But gosh, this, I mean, just visually watching Ahsoka spin around and twirl those lightsabers. And of course, hearing it along with the music from episode three, it was Mm -hmm. just, I remember watching it for the first time, just thinking like, here it is. Like, this is what we were waiting for, you know, waiting to see what was going to go down. Of course, it was also surprising seeing Rex actually shoot at her because we didn't yeah. know exactly how that was going to go down either. Um, I'm like, so glad it made it a struggle for him, though. Yeah. It just wasn't immediate where he turned on her. But right there, he's he's fully invested. He's not like, oh, the, you know, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm just glad it wasn't instant like most of the clones were when they yeah. turned. Yeah, like Cody well, was. Even still here, you see him like twitching a little bit, and he says he's kind of tired. But yeah, he does eventually kind of snap over to like you know that chip's taking control, and he's going along with it. Yeah. Um, but I also I lo- yeah, like you said, I love that he struggled with it at first, and that he told her to find fives. And I love it, like more than I thought I would. I love how the fives arc ties into these episodes and that fives didn't die for nothing. And that even though he wasn't able to uncover the grand conspiracy and stop order 66 from happening, he's the reason Rex and Ahsoka make it out alive. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about this is, I hate to be the obvious guy in this, but the fact that we knew this was happening, it was such an, it's still such a big emotional impact really shows you how brilliant of an idea it was in the first place that George Lucas did this. And I think that even though it, it, I think it it goes without saying that the fact that this is probably more impactful emotionally than probably I'd say even episode three, even though episode three is still great. um, I think obviously six, you know, or seven seasons of this over time and these, and like Rex and things like that makes it even more impactful than I think in episode three In, in the episode three, you know, with even only what basically one film that going off of with episode two, it's still like an impactful moment. It's still even more impactful. I think in this episode, you get to see everything and it just, there's more, not more at stake, but what's the word I'm looking for? You're, you're basically, it's earned so much more Mm -hmm. as far as like, you're like, Oh, the, like it's just so much more of a bummer and like, it's awful. And you see that impact more in, in in this episode, and I think that it just it just reinforces the fact that George Lucas it was a great creative decision that he made in the first place, and it, to me, it reinforces it. Yeah, I think in episode oh, yeah. three, it's still really emotional, but it's more so just because you're watching the death of the Jedi Order. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's that's like what, even though about. even though the Jedi had their issues, and even though a lot of the Jedi that you watch get killed, like Kiati Mundi and Ala Sakura, you know, they're not characters that we're like really attached to. Still, just and this funny, idea sir. of the Jedi Knights, like. I mean, we all wanted to be Jedi growing up as kids, right? And yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, even from from the original trilogy, you hear Obi-Wan telling Luke about the, the Jedi Knights being the guardians of peace and justice in the Old Republic and fighting in the Clone Wars and stuff. And so seeing these, you know, sort of noble, mythical heroes almost just all being murdered um, is just hard to watch. But then you're right. Like Clone Wars just adds another layer to it because in episode three, like it's not really the betrayal that makes you sad. You know, like you watch Commander Bly kill Ayla Sakura and you're not sad for like the loss of the relationship between the two of them, you know, but when you watch Captain Rex turn on Ahsoka, it's like, we know how much the two of them have been through and the bond and the relationship that they've built up. Um, 
And of course, that's why the Clone Wars series in general makes Episode Three so much better because you know now, like we've seen Kiati Mundi with his clone troopers, we've seen Obi Wan and Cody on countless missions together, and so it does add some of that element into the movie that now it's you're not just sad that the jedi are dying but you're sad that it's the clones that are turning on them um and you know Mm -hmm. seeing the the loss of that trust and friendship between them i loved how that conversation ahsoka was having with maul when she freed him how maul acknowledges the brilliance of palpatine's plan here because it is brilliant Mm -hmm. (laughs) i mean obviously it's devastating to see our heroes and our clone troopers but betrayed the Jedi, but yet it's not their fault. It's all due to Palpatine and his manipulations, uh, but the inhibitor chips and all that. But again, just the long game that Palpatine played to get this moment here and see his plan to fruition and Paul, or <laughs> not you, Paul, Maul yes. <laughs> recognizes <laughs> the brilliance of it. I just love that little detail they put in there because it is a master plan. And even Ahsoka too, where I've said this on our review episode, how I just appreciate that she just did not go all out and kill all the clones who were attacking her. Of course, when they first turned and she was deflecting the lightsaber, some uh, blast did end up hitting the clones and killing a few. But when she took out the guards who were going to execute Maul, she didn't just go immediately and stab them or behead them or whatever. She cut their weapons down and just knocked them out, where you just see so many Jedi when the reaction to Order 66, Yoda or even Cal Kestis Master and Jedi Fallen Order just immediately stab and kill the clones without you know, trying to uh, get away or knock him out or whatever. Just showing that level of respect that they showed her when they painted their helmets. She's mm. showing to them that, you know, that they, they would have with each other just for everything they've been through. Like we've been saying over the course of the series that how could they just immediately kill him? You would want to try to see what's wrong with them. Why are they doing this? Not just to immediately strike them down. So I always just appreciated that aspect right away when I saw this episode of how Ahsoka handled it, not just immediately killing every clone. And yet now she knows why they're doing it, which just, you know, ends up being that it was the right call where a lot of Jedi miss. And it just, I think this shows how the war corrupted the Jedi and they, how far away they fell from their ways and how a Jedi should be. And, but yet Ahsoka, like we've talked about before, she is embodying what the Jedi should be. And I think that was on display here in this moment, how she handled Order 66. Yeah, that's a good point, because also right before that, you have the scene where she's talking to Rex on the bridge and she's saying, like, you know, the Jedi are supposed to be keepers of the peace and not soldiers. And yet all I've been since I was a Padawan is a soldier. And then five minutes later, she's now in a situation where she has to fight for her life. And, you know, maybe that's still in the back of her mind. She says, OK, you know what? Let me try something other than being a soldier. Now, here on on the other hand, you have Maul. Uh, yeah, going on his hallway murder spree of terror. Um, and, and you could say, of course, uh, you know, Ahsoka could be to blame with that as well because she freed him. But at the same time, some drastic measures had to be taken. She couldn't, there's no way she'd survive if she didn't do something. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, they are trying casualties to kill along the way. Yeah. I, I think that oh, this is brutal right here. Her, her, her saying, I'm not rooting for you, basically, and making her. Get, not giving him a chance and just letting him go off on 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 his own. It's pretty. That's pretty gnarly, dude. That's not a Jedi way, you know. I mean, yeah. really, it really isn't. And I, no, I, think I agree. It, it and reinforces it reinforces the fact that to me, she this is what she's been like for a while. This is not something she's turned into. She's like, you know, I feel like if she was still a Jedi, she'd be compassionate, even if she was on the verge of it. To me, this is like solidifying the fact that. 
she is not even close to a Jedi. Mm, see, I don't know if I'd agree with that because it's Darth Maul we're talking about. Like, I don't know that Anakin or Obi-Wan would have given him a lightsaber in that situation either, especially not Anakin. Um, well, Anakin, well, okay, but Anakin's, you can't even use Anakin though. Cause Anakin's a little bit of a special case. Well, yeah, but still like, I don't know. It, it's different from Obi-Wan teaming up with Ventress, you know, it's like, and I don't think, I mean, even the fact that Ahsoka was like willing to listen to Maul and consider joining him. Um, of course you could also say that that is maybe un-Jedi like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, see. But I'm she's trying to do over, it for, for the good of the galaxy. So, yeah, but I think also uh, to me, like I, like I said, I think she. And I'm not saying she didn't like think about being a Jedi. I just think that her heart was not in it for, and and she just wasn't. She yeah, she just wasn't. She's not. That's just not who she is anymore. And I think but that on, that's on the flip side of that with what you were talking about with. Um, you know, her her just kind of setting them all loose and saying, hey, I don't care if you make it or not. Like, for me, I can almost feel a little bit of sympathy for Maul in that because she's just, you know, another person that's used him like a tool. Like, you yeah, know, that's this, a good point. Too, this yeah. was his whole thing with with Sidious. And he's talking about, you know, I was uh, he's like the Sith took everything from me and I was cast aside and I was forgotten. And um you know, so when like in the next episode, when he steals the ship from her and takes off, he's just looking out for number one because he's he's got nobody else. And he's it's like, yeah, what else do you expect him to do? Yeah. This is really creative. I I, I love how Rex is saved. And I love the idea of that. She's only able to save Rex and at least will her herself and they're the ones that have to like break out of the ship. And it's it. I mean, I like this episode of the four. It's probably my least favorite. And then again, that's like, that's, that's saying, that's not saying much either, to be honest, because all these episodes are fantastic. The next episode is when I think is one, it may be my favorite besides that, uh, that, that first episode. Um, which I think that first episode is just phenomenal. Um, yeah, and then but, here when when they start chanting, "I'm one with the force, and the force is with me," that blew my mind seeing it for the first time. That was great. And again, that to me, because we only see two non Jedi say that, solidifies she's not a Jedi. If that makes if that makes any sense. <laughs> see that I don't know if I agree with because that seems to me like something that she maybe would have been taught as a Jedi, and it's just showing that. I don't know that that is a because we know that, you know, cheer who's with the Guardians of the Wills, like they're not Jedi, but they sort of worship and revere the Jedi ways. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Um, but and what, just I, what because, I'm saying is. Well, I'm just saying what, like cheer was the first time that we had ever seen or heard that. And obviously this was done kind of as a, a throwback to Rogue One, but it's also showing that maybe that was sort of a a Jedi thing that he adopted. See, I took it as I took it as like it's more of the of the force, like it's a it's like a more of the the force, you know, kind of a force generalized force kind of prayer, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it could be kind of, because it's kind of like a way to connect with someone who's not particularly force sensitive, like a Jedi would be, because like you see Chirrut say that. I think maybe Ahsoka is saying that so to connect with Rex deeper when the oh force maybe yeah, have, I like that Ooh, because she like needs that. to find that inhibitor chip. And so mm -hmm. knowing that he's not strong in the force like she would be, 
that's why she'd be saying that so he could say that and then build that connection between the force between the two of them well yeah no and i i think i mentioned that when we did our review episode too like i think that really speaks to that idea of Obi-Wan in the New Hope when he says the force, you know, it's in all living things and it surrounds us and penetrates us and binds everything together. And so she's kind of tapping into the force in mm-hmm. Rex and between the two of them. Um, so, yeah, I think that's that was really cool. Like, again, it's 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 not just there as a Rogue One throwback like you can you can kind of make a connection as to like why she actually would, you know, why tapping into the force like we know that the force flows through all living things even though rex isn't a jedi or a force user or whatever that um she could still kind of use the force to connect the two of them and be able to sense where that chip was i think that's really cool yep and thank goodness we only had a few days to wait for the final episode after that one because yeah (laughs) oh i didn't even wait i i waited to watch that one I, i watched that one and this one back to back that's right. I still don't know how you did that. <laughs> it wasn't easy, but well, so I, I went to go visit my sister and we watched it together. And so I figured, you know, it'd be even more fun to watch two episodes together for the first time rather than just one. And yeah, I'm I'm glad I did because for the rest of you that had to wait those agonizing three days or whatever after that cliffhanger, I don't envy you that. It was all right. <laughs> well, it was for me. I this came out on the day uh, t- talking about my daughter. She came home from the hospital. She was in the hospital for two weeks, and me and me and Tim were going to watch this through the world of between worlds. And uh, one thing led to another. And I'm like, ah, I'm, I'm stuck here. And it ended up being all right, but uh, it was weird to watch this kind of by you know on the day kind of by myself it was just kind of a weird it was it was it was a weird it's a real experience it's like something like you know a big deal like this was ending in my you know ending in my life and, I, and the clone wars was a big deal I, again i i credit the clone wars to bringing me back to star wars and my and, my, and not just bringing me back but like my love and, and like my huge passion for star wars was through clone wars basically as the kind of the start of that and so that's kind of ending and I have a other giant Thing in my life that's beginning and so it was kind of a surreal moment for me i was like man this is weird and on star wars day no less my daughter's yeah. coming home on star wars day and the clone wars ends on star wars day See, it's just that's the world of the force right there man <laughs> it really it really is it really really is but uh this episode is beautiful and well, there's a couple moments I've, i kind of said in a review episode but i i can't wait to get to and kind of talk about but yeah this is just i love seeing rex and ahsoka Again, two characters we Dave. love from the series awesome. like, team up together and acting in it. So cool. yeah, and having to de- having to defeat his brothers. It's a it's a it's a big deal. Yeah. See, I was a little surprised that you know Ahsoka told him to put on stun, and Rex kind of questioned that, saying like they're trying to kill us, <laughs> and he was like like tell that to them or something to that effect. Where he was ready to have his blasters on kill. And that kind of surprised me. I thought he'd be a little more apprehensive than he was as far as to shooting and taking down his brothers. I know it's pain pains him to do it, but it just yeah. didn't come across that it was as big. It would hurt him as much as I thought it would be. But I don't know. Yeah, I think he's probably more thinking like at this point, his survival instincts are probably just kicking in. That's true. He's willing to do whatever he's got to do to to make sure he and Ahsoka get out of the situation alive and then he can feel remorseful about it later. That's a good point. But then, of course, again, the the juxtaposition between that and Maul, who obviously doesn't give a rip and is just, you know, 
pulling their blasters around, making them shoot each other. Um, and then just, you know, awesome display of force power here, just ripping everything apart. And it's like Ahsoka told him, go cause some chaos. Well, okay, here you go. And I hate seeing clone troopers get taken down, but just <laughs> the way Maul does it, no one else is able to do what he can do. And it's just awesome to see visually. Yeah. I'm just waiting for the shot. You know what's coming. <laughs> Man. <laughs> We're just in amazement. <laughs> yeah. How yeah. Everything is right here. It's. And Maul barely has any dialogue in this episode, but still just the visual of all the stuff he's doing. And there's the shot of the ship coming out of hyperspace just with the smoke and debris flying off it. And it's just kind of frozen in space for a second is just incredible. Why does I forget how, have they revealed the planet this is? Maybe I just I haven't looked at it. I think so. Hmm. I I just gotta say, why doesn't Disney and Lucasfilm put animated films like this out? Like seriously, this is so good. I just straight just make give me animated films that look like this. Please. The highest of quality of animation. I mean, there's no doubt about that. Well, I mean, we'll see how the Bad Batch looks. I mean, if we can get stuff yeah. even close to this quality, I'd rather have TV series than movies just because you can get more story content out of it. But I don't know. I'm not, expect, I'm not expecting it to look this good because obviously, like we said, they, they really they knew it, how much it, the fans yeah. wanted these final episodes of Clone Wars and they really put everything they had into it. And I and honestly, it's from all I've I've seen, it, it seems like this was a giant success. Oh yeah, because it, it because it was a huge buzz from multiple multiple like major you know YouTube and you know social media outlets and and everyone praised it. Yeah, you know, and people. Who I had, mean, I don't know like what exactly what metrics they judge it by, but I remember seeing at least one report saying that you know for. I don't know, maybe it was just like the week of the finale or for that month or whatever, that this was like the top show on any streaming service or at least yeah, the one that right. was like the most in demand or the one that like people were talking about the most on social media or something. Again, I don't yeah. know exactly how they gauge it, but no, I think you're right. It was the most streamed. I think I remember reading that hmm. out of all the shows. Regardless, yeah. it was a big deal. And, and I think what, to me, what the biggest deal was the fact that people were watching it who hadn't even watched the series at all. Yeah. And Which is kind of a shame because I would tell those people like, no, you got to go back to the beginning and this will be so much more impactful. But you know what, though? Like, to be honest, I this works just by watching it as is. It like, does. No, and it would definitely not, like not perfect. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah you don't you definitely have a lot of questions or there's definitely some things that I mean, maybe you wouldn't question it, but you'd go back and watch the series and realize, oh, it makes even more sense. But um, yeah, I mean, it, I it does would, work on its own pretty well. It's just a, a good Star Wars story. Yeah, yeah, you definitely appreciate it on a cinematic level and the storytelling, but the emotional investment just wouldn't be the same for mm -hmm. those of us who've been there from the very beginning. Yeah. But you know what, though? I mean, that some people don't really need the emotional like it's a shame. But some people just don't need that emotional like stability. They just want to see like a, a popcorn, like give me some whatever. And that's what this is too. Uh -huh. And so, and again, I think that's a, again, a, a very, very like positive thing for this is the fact that it is a popcorn Star Wars film 
But for the the deeper cuts of us hardcore Star Wars fans for watching this series, it's just perfect. And so it does both its jobs well. And I think that's a, a testament to why it was the most streamed show. Because if, if you think about it, if people were watching this and then going, oh, I don't really understand what's going on, like there wouldn't be as big of a buzz for it. Let's be real. It'd be it'd be a smaller buzz, but if that wasn't what happened. People loved it across the board. People who had barely watched the show. So that to me exp- shows the extent of how good this this finale really was. Yeah, and so, this scene right here is just yeah, such a, seriously a gut punch. Yeah, just seeing Rex's reaction, the tears rolling down his face when she takes that helmet off. And this is, you know, now it's like the moment where the emotion really hits him that these are his brothers that he's fought and died beside and that they're trying yeah. to kill him and that he and Ahsoka are, you know, they're trying to protect people. They're just trying to get off the ship. And these guys, I think he's almost even more sad, not just that the, that his brothers are trying to kill him, but that they're all willing to die. Like yeah. they're not trying to get off the ship. They're trying to make sure that Rex and Ahsoka don't get off the ship. So he's, he's sad that they're all going to die. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, there's just so many layers to the emotional impact this is having on a character than like again just going back to us as viewers and just hardcore fans who've been with the show from the very beginning knowing everything that they've been through and now it's leading up to this moment that's going to be the end uh just it gets so many layers that add to what makes it so special mm-hmm. it's funny because also one thing that we knew was going to be just hard to watch like when um well, even going back to that that Celebration Europe panel when Dave Filoni described all this and showed the sketches of the clones that had their helmets painted like Ahsoka. And then we saw, you know, some preview clips and stuff of it leading up to uh, to this final season and kind of that realization dawning on you of like, oh, these these loyal troopers that painted their helmets to look like her, they're the same ones that are going to be shooting at her when Order 66 goes yeah. down, aren't they? And by the way, Jesse's art trooper costume is amazing. Yep. <laughs> I mean, all the art trooper costumes are really cool, but I really like Jesse's. I still yeah. think Fives is my favorite, but Jesse's is really cool too. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Fives did have the best, but Jesse with his big Republic logo on his helmet, there's something about it that makes it look really cool. Yeah. I always thought his, it, I, I never really loved the big Republic logo he's got tattooed on his face, but on his helmet, it looks really cool. Yeah. He's, is what you call a company man. <laughs> this, this is probably the weakest, even though I don't mind it. This is probably the weakest, I think, of the of this of this episode. This whole like kind of motif of the falling uh, floor. It's like okay, I get it. It's just, it's just it, 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 they go to the well too many times, in my opinion. They should have toned it down a little. Hey. Yeah, I can I can kind of agree with that, but at the same time, I, first of all, I think it's a way to add a little bit of lightheartedness and humor I, to to yeah. what is other uh, otherwise a very just like dark and heavy episode. Um, and in general, I love that about the droids. The fact that you know Ahsoka's got no one else to turn to, and so she gets you know these three astromech droids. And at first, you know, when I think the first time I watched it, when she first went to get them, I was a little worried that like, oh, is this going to be like too cutesy or goofy or whatever? But they actually, I mean, they do a really more good job D-squad of squad antics, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm glad they didn't have a whack forty seven running around with them, but. 
<laughs> no, I think they did a good job of sort of balancing that of like providing some lighthearted moments, but also using them effectively and not making it, you know, over the top or anything. And droids have always been an integral part of Star Wars. So I'm no, like, that's not the problem. And, yeah. and also, I mean, I love that. Well, not even just I mean, obviously, I know there are always droids in Star Wars, but just the fact that Ahsoka's in a life or death situation and who's going to be there for her, her astromech droid. It's like, oh, yeah, of course, that makes sense. Um and I love but even yet. that it's her her R seven uh, astromech droid, who I think we maybe haven't seen since season one of the Clone Wars, but like that was her droid and her starfighters, so um, that was a nice little callback there. Yeah, like everything else that happens here in the Revenge of the Sith time period, the droid meet a tragic end as well, which mm-hmm. was sad to see. Just love being shot down like that. Man, the screams that they the, let out. Yeah. Well, yeah, when they shoot them, I get it's dark. Yeah, I was, like, yeah. I was like, dang, they don't they don't mess around. I thought that was pretty nuts. But I love this scene here with her. Uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like I say so. that every two minutes. Oh, I love this scene. Love this scene. <laughs> These whole episodes are fantastic. But um, yeah. yeah, just I mean, the visual of just that open hangar bay with the moon above them and Maul trying to get out in the ship, and then of course Ahsoka. You know, this is kind of like her big moment i mean this is probably the the biggest display of force power we've ever we've ever seen from her stopping that ship in its tracks um and then of course her having to to ultimately just choose to to let it go as much as she wants to capture maul because that was i mean that was their original mission right and so she hates to let him go and kind of hates to let him like one up her and, and take off with the shuttle um Ugh. In fact, I think that's probably her bigger concern at this point is like they needed that shuttle to escape. But, you know, yeah. now you got, uh, you know, Rex is being overwhelmed and she's like, you know what? I got to just let it go and we'll figure something else out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's a big moment. I think it's also a again, a literal letting go of not just small, but I think of her past and just what what her duty is or what she thought it was. That's because that's her Jedi way right uh-huh. there and she's kind of finally letting that last bit go in my opinion again this is just amazing man. <laughs> yeah that was such a cool moment i mean that's the straight video game stuff right there but i love it yeah <laughs> i don't care it's really cool this is ridiculous holy crap it's amazing yeah this last episode i mean aside from that one like really emotional conversation um or you know the the emotional moment where she takes Rex's helmet off and everything. Like the rest of this, it's just a straight twenty minute thrill ride. Yeah, yeah. Literally for the clones, <laughs> be a toss up on those ground levels. Right <laughs> yeah. <there. laughs> See, this is it's too much for me. It's like, oh come on. But whatever, it's it's fine. It, it it's a oh this is rough. Oh this is rough. Oh my god, it's rough. <laughs> so I, I said in the last ep- or on our review episode, this right here, I love the fact that this is kind of embodying the 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 ending of the prequel era and the beginning of the original trilogy era with this Y Wing because they're taking a Y Wing that was created for the Clone Wars and as they go down, it starts getting all junkified and broken up and busted, basically signaling the end of the Clone Wars and how this is a tra- literal transition from the prequel trilogy to the ori- to the original trilogy because this Y-wing is you know survives 
into the original trilogy and it looks all and it's all junctified. And I don't know if that was a literal uh, a, a, or excuse, excuse me, a conscious decision to kind of visually represent that. But it to me, it, it does a beautiful job of it. And I love Y-Wings, so it makes me even more happy. <laughs> but on so many different levels, if you look at it like that, it's a it really is a beautiful creative decision because, again, the Y-Wings were introduced in the Clone War, or the, the origin of the Y-Wing was introduced in the Clone Wars. And they're kind of they're they're ste- them being steeped in the in the Clone Wars is in, it was in is in the show, and because of that, it's a great transition to show that like this is how the the Clone Wars ending it's the the final the final piece that 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 kind of bridges the 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 PT and the OT together is this Y wing and I just I love that I, I, and again I don't know if it's purposeful and I wish I could ask Dave Filoni that yeah it seems like it, it is but it also no. just makes sense that it's a two person ship but apparently I mean Arc One Seventies also could have like multiple pilots even though we don't really see yeah. that I don't think but um. So yeah, it, it very much could have been a conscious choice. I I I want to know. I I hope one day I can ask Dave Filoni that. Probably not, but you never know. I never really thought about that while I was watching it, but until you mentioned it. But I think it makes total sense that it could be for what they wanted to signify with the using a Y wing, because like you said, they could have used a different ship. But the fact that it's a Y wing kind of. <sighs> I think it agrees to the point you were making. And it looks beautiful. Look at yeah, that. Man. Oh my gosh. Gosh, I remember oh watching I remember watching that scene for the first time and just as soon as she grab like finally grabs a hold of that ledge, I just let out a huge breath that I almost like didn't realize I'd been holding. <laughs> you know, like you ever have that happen when you're watching like a really intense scene in a movie or something, like you you hold your breath and you don't realize you're holding your breath until it's over. Yeah. God, so suspenseful. But again, we know these characters are going to survive, but it doesn't make it any less suspenseful or yeah. just entertaining to watch and to know if they're good and how they're going to get out of this. Love white wings. But when I mean, all the action is done, but now we get to the real emotional beats here. And yeah, to me, not a word is spoken, but yet you just feel the pain, the emotion and everything that's happening in these next two scenes right here. It's just God, so beautiful and so well this, done. How how can you not just watch these next couple minutes and not say this is a perfect ending? Yeah. To, you know, it's, I go back to the fact that to end this would be really, really hard and make it matter. And you couldn't come up with a better ending, in my opinion than this. Nope. It's impossible. No. I mean, I would try to play out certain ways it would end and knowing certain hints we got about the Siege of Mandalore, like stuff in the Ahsoka novel that maybe Rex and Ahsoka would have a brief conversation as far as where they're going to go, what they're going to do, say their goodbyes. And I was kind of expecting that to happen right here, but now I'm glad it didn't because this, this is just so much more impactful without any spoken dialogue. You're just seeing the imagery, uh, the way the clones, the, the fact that they buried the clones people that Ahsoka's worked with for three years, Rex's brothers paying their respect and seeing their helmets spiked up like that. It just, it hits me just as clones being one of my favorite aspects of star Wars that I've mentioned time and time again, and just loving this series so much and coming to know all these different clone troopers and what they represented and the brotherhood that they had, but yet 
they all just ended up being as pawns and it just makes it so sad and just mm-hmm. so tragic. Yeah. And that image perfectly shows that, I feel. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, like you said, just the the image of all those clones, like, it, you know, it representing sort of the, the death of this era and the Clone Wars and mm-hmm. not just those specific clone troopers. Exactly. Um, but again, yeah, just that it's so so beautiful and so emotional with no dialogue or anything um and then of course this <laughs> transition the transition to and this because i was like man is oh. it really going to end just on her dropping the lightsaber i was like there has to be some kind of some kind of you know not post credits thing but like there's got to be just a yeah, little you knew something, something was coming at the end yeah yeah exactly you know so one last kind of big moment and i wondered if it was maybe going to be like a rebel style like epilogue or like you said um you know something where you see uh her and rex kind of going off to wherever they're going next or whatever but i was not prepared for this yeah oh my gosh this (laughs) i know (laughs) it's got to bask in the glory of how amazing this is and uh just right when you see vader walk by I was wondering, are we going to see his whole face or we're just going to, the way it's shot, we're just going to know his Vader, but we're not going to get a look at him. That and shot me, is that would have fantastic. Been cool too, but yeah. yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I think he's getting better and better as the scene plays out. Yeah. The, the artistic creativeness of this ending of, of Vader. And then you see the, you know, with the clone war helmet with the clone helmet kind of, as he walks off is just such a beautiful moment. And also with the Mortis trilogy kind of coming into play yep. right here mm-hmm. as well. I, one of our favorite, you know, I think a fan favorite uh, arc kind of, and also tying into rebels. It kind of does all that all right here. It's, it's a beautiful, beautiful ending. Uh, Vader looks amazing. Yeah, I think I think the Mortis arc, it's like Rebels already tied in the Mortis arc, and now this is tying more into Rebels, and we know that that is sort of symbolizing Ahsoka. Well, it's it's all connected. Yeah. But, oh my gosh, just that shot of him holding the lightsaber, and then just that final shot of him walking away in the clone visor, this just... That's artistic perfection right there. Yeah. Exactly. What a that final means- shot. Again, tragic just like the the shot of all the helmets of the clone troopers up on the spikes and how it's kind of you know those graves are symbolizing like the end of the clone wars itself and and the sort of this clone wars era and not just those individual clone troopers to have a clone trooper helmet half buried in the snow as darth vader is walking away in the reflection is just yeah, because gosh, whoever thought of that, which was probably Dave Filoni, you just give him the freaking Emmy right now. No, it's brilliant because you're seeing through the vibe of the Clone Wars what the Clone Wars brought about. Exactly, Darth Vader and the Empire. Exactly. Yeah, and it's just you're seeing so, the wreckage again, of the clo- you're seeing the wreckage. It's almost like walking, a, you know, seeing something walk out of like a cocoon or something, right? It's like there's yeah. the discarded wreckage of the Clone Wars, and Vader is what's walking away from it. Yeah. Boy, this is brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Oh. This is so amazing. And this, we watched the whole thing, obviously, without audio, because we're talking over it. And now I want to go back and watch that with, you know, the music and Dude, everything. Me too. Like, <laughs> Think of the same thing. Now I just want to watch it all over again. Oh, my gosh. Man. Yeah. Is, I mean, we've seen it, obviously, but 
watching it together for this commentary were still left speechless. It seems like just by how impactful this whole arc, the story, these characters, just Star Wars in general. Just again, this episode is what makes Star Wars the best. When we get stories like this, the character dramas, the action, the production quality, just everything firing on all cylinders. It's what makes Star Wars unlike anything else in life for me. And I'm sure for both of you guys and so many other fans, why Star Wars is just the greatest story out there for what it can give us when it's stuff like this. So amazing. Yeah. And when you think it's giving you its best, it keeps surprising you with more stuff like this. Yep. (laughs) Um, Gosh. Yeah. It's just, and you know, we talked about this earlier, like, just the anticipation and, you know, the years of, of teasing and Dave Filoni talking about like, you know, this, this idea of the siege of Mandalore and where the show would have ended and then hoping that we could see it one day. And then, I mean, one, still one of my favorite days ever as a star Wars fan was the day that they announced that clone wars was coming back and that we were not only getting the siege Mm -hmm. of Mandalore, but getting a whole 12 episode season. Um, But that was, I mean, at this point, that was like two years ago. And then the anticipation waiting for it to finally happen and waiting to get to see these episodes. And it's, I feel like it's rare nowadays that something so fully lives up to expectations. You know, I mean, you think about, Mm -hmm. especially the movies, I mean, with, especially with like Last Jedi or Rise of Skywalker, but even with like, uh, Avengers Endgame or something like that, which, I mean, for the most part, I would say that also was a, a huge success, but you hear some people have their nitpicks with it or, or you know, have, have complaints about it. Um, I mean, I can't think of a, a single, like, big gripe that I've heard people have with the Siege of Mandalore or anybody say, like, people might have issues with a certain thing here or there, or like, Paul, you were saying that, you know, the last couple episodes weren't your favorite, but I don't know anybody that's a a Star Wars fan, or especially a Clone Wars fan, that didn't like these episodes. Um, And especially, you know, after, after the last few years with, like I said, you know, the, the discussion and the controversy and stuff around, like, first The Last Jedi and then Rise of Skywalker and things that have been so polarizing, it was really nice to have something that was that we looked forward to that had our uh, ha, that we had our hopes up so high for that then delivered and that just seemed to for the most part please everybody and again it's not like i get my pleasure from that like i would have enjoyed this regardless but it's nice to then be able to enjoy it with other fans and not be kind of dragged down by you know there being a whole different negative side to it so yeah it just makes the fandom in general more fun and enjoyable when we're all get to geek out and enjoy it together yeah yeah um, so yeah, I think they, this was an all around smashing success. I've watched these episodes several times and I'm still not tired of them. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's just, just, you know, perfect ending to so many of the, the characters and storylines that had been built up over the years in Clone Wars. Um, I would say since since we were talking about kind of comparing the episodes a little bit, if you had to pick one favorite out of these four, which one would you pick? For me, it's going to be Shattered. I just really loved how they handled Order 66, seeing it through the eyes of Ahsoka and Rex, and how it intersected with certain moments with Revenge of the Sith, with that moment with Ahsoka and Rex walking to the Jedi Council meeting, hearing actual dialogue from Revenge of the Sith when Ahsoka is sensing anakin's betrayal it's just all of it played together so beautifully and like i mentioned just that suspense and anxiousness of seeing how it's all going to go down which is such a great 
moment to watch for the first time. And I still, that still has that same impact as I watch it now. So I would have to go shattered, but it's, again, it's can't go wrong choosing any of them. Really. Each of them have their yeah. moments that are just so impactful and memorable. So, but for me, shattered was the one that, um, had the most impact on me besides the last scene of victory and death, but oh, as right. an episode as a whole shattered, I'd probably go with. I'm going to go with the first episode. Um, it's just so perfect. And it, it exceeded every kind of expectation and it set the table for a phenomenal four part series. And I think every episode is great. I think this, I think the first and the last episodes are, are just special. And I think the second episode is just a, a great like action, you know, 20 like plus minutes of action. But the first episode does a, a phenomenal job of setting it up. And obviously the last episode does a phenomenal job of ending the whole series. So it's gotten to my head. I think the first episode, because the first episode just transported me out. I, I, I couldn't believe how nutty it was. And I'm like, wow, this is so good. And it reminded me of how, and when everyone was kind of raving about it, it was nice to see Star Wars kind of be unified for the first time in quite a while, I'd say. Mm-hmm. I mean, for the most part. So, and, and the whole series obviously was like that, but it was just kind of everyone, this is all post Rise of Skywalker and sequel trilogy Fallout and seeing Star Wars kind of people all together was, was kind of nice for, you know, a good 10 minutes as it lasted. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think that first episode for me. Yeah. I honestly, I kind of go back and forth between the first two episodes. Um, and I love everything. Like you were saying, like the first episode just does a great job of setting it up. Um, and I love just all the, like everything from the battles to the character moments and the, the music and the, the reunion between Anakin and Ahsoka and all that. But if I had to pick, you know, if I had to pick a favorite between the two, I think I would go with Phantom Apprentice. Um, it's a great episode because yeah. of, I mean, just it's like it maybe doesn't have quite as many of like the emotional and nostalgic moments as the first one does, but it still has a lot of the same, you know, and obviously it's a continuation of the story, but, it, you know, you feel like you're still kind of riding that wave of like all the stuff that made the first episode great. And then Maul just kicks it up a notch. Um, and, again, you know, as soon as you hear Sam Witwer's voice in that first scene, it's like, oh, here we go. Um and especially like we talked about just some of those dialogue scenes. And that's what really blew me away the first time I watched it, because, you know, we were looking forward to that confrontation between Maul and Ahsoka. And we knew that like Darth Maul was coming back to do the mocap. And this is going to be the final lightsaber duel of the series. And it's going to blow our minds and everything. And if I'm being perfectly honest, like the lightsaber duel is amazing, but I don't know if I would say it blew my mind. Like it, I would say it met my expectations, but maybe didn't like exceed my expectations, but my expectations for it were already really high. What exceeded my expectations was all the dialogue and the character stuff that led up to that. And when Maul is trying to convince Ahsoka to join him and then they, they bring Anakin into it. And even just the way that that scene is staged as they're watching the battle outside, like I love that stuff more than the actual lightsaber duel. And then the lightsaber duel is like just icing on the cake. Um, so, yeah, I think the, the first episode had a lot of stuff that I loved, and then Maul just elevated that in the second episode. Um, but, like I said, just overall, this is probably my favorite story arc in Clone Wars. Um, just, gosh, it's, this is some of, some of my favorite Star Wars storytelling ever. 
Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. It was really fun talking about it with you guys. It's fun because, like, every time that we do one of these commentaries, it kind of feels like watching it for the first time. I don't know about mm-hmm. you, but that that two hours or whatever flew by. Oh, easily. oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. And as much <laughs> as I as much as I love these episodes, sometimes if I'm rewatching them just kind of to rewatch it or whatever, like sometimes I'll watch like one or two episodes and then I'm like, oh, you know, I might as well finish the whole story arc. And then around the third or fourth episode, I might, you know, like I wouldn't say I get bored. Like they're not boring episodes, but I might not be into it as much. Or even if I'm kind of tired, I might, you know, my eyes might start drooping a little bit. But um, gosh, this felt like we were this felt like we just talked about a half hour episode. I know it really did. Yeah. <laughs> no kidding. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, just a testament to how great it is. Yeah, absolutely. But that was a lot of fun. We definitely should do some more commentaries for uh, maybe some Clone Wars and Rebels. We got to do Twilight of the Apprentice for sure. And Ewoks. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I said Clone Wars and Rebels. Ewoks is not a Clone Wars episode. Um, I'll sure. put it out but there yes, now. We, D-Squad art. <laughs> a fun conversation we have with these episodes just imagine the fun conversations we're going to have about a sunny day in the void <sighs> don't do this to me tim don't make me do this um but yeah no, I don't I know. Me- you know we can put it out there to the listeners too like if you guys have a specific maybe arc of of clone wars or something that you want to hear us do commentary for let us know and we'll uh keep it in the back of our minds obviously we we got other episode or other some other episode topics to cover like the ewok films um as well as doing our regular news episodes and stuff i mean like we we just briefly mentioned kind of as we were doing our commentary in here that the uh the bad batch series got officially confirmed so next time we do um uh, an actual news episode we'll go more in depth on that and uh maybe talk about some other news items and rumors and stuff that are floating around right now um but i think that's going to do it for now uh unless anybody's got any last thoughts on siege of mandalore before we wrap up i just that like i said every time we talk about it some of the best star wars you can possibly see live action or animated or written material it's just some of the best you're ever going to see. So I don't think that's ever going to change. That's just how great it is. And it's always a fun time watching it, but it was especially fun getting to watch the entire arc with both of you guys and dissecting and talking about all the deep layers that it had. So yeah, it's just an amazing piece of star Wars story- storytelling. It was all right. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. It's no D squad arc, but you know, yeah, yeah it's, it's no, it's no sunny day in the void. No, it's, 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 it definitely is no sunny day in the void. <laughs> that's true. That's a good point. No, I, I think thank that, goodness for that. No, I, I think this, uh, obviously is a, a, one of my favorite arcs. It might, it might be my favorite. I don't know. It's hard to say it, it's that good. It's that good. It's phenomenal. It looks, it, yeah, it's, I spent, you know, this whole time talking about how great it is, but it really, it really is an all timer. It could be one of the, it could go down as one of the best Star Wars stories ever, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I love it. I could keep watching it. I could keep talking about it. I mean, honestly, it's hard to do a commentary and limit yourself to talking about it for as long as the episode is because, you know, there were times it's when so we, sure. were, we were yeah. talking about one aspect of it, like over a different scene. And I wanted to stop and talk about the scene that was going on or talk about a different aspect or whatever. I mean, I mean, our, our review episode for it was like four hours long. So, um, 
you know, we've already gone over it pretty in depth, but yeah, just so much to yeah. love, so much to discuss. Uh, just some fantastic episodes and a great ending to a great show that we all love so much. So, um, yeah, I think we're just about ready to wrap it up. Thank you guys for tuning in. Hope you've enjoyed, uh, watching along with us and hope you all, um, you know, have enjoyed, uh, watching the Clone Wars as much as we have. We're excited to see what comes next. Um, you know, word on the street is that Lucasfilm animation is, is busy and, you know, maybe has more than one thing going on. So, um, hopefully we'll have a lot more, uh, cool animated star wars stories and tv series uh to talk about in the future um but uh yeah of course as always you can uh follow us online on twitter at star wars tsc and at facebook.com slash star wars the saga continues uh and you can send us email at star wars tsc at gmail.com if you want to uh just share your thoughts and comments and questions and stuff with us or suggest episode topics or other episodes that we should do commentaries on or anything like that um and of course you can check out our website at starwarstsc.com for all of our latest news and updates and episodes and all that good stuff um and also be sure to check out thunderquack.com for all the other awesome podcasts in the thunderquack podcast network uh but that is going to do it for now uh thank you everyone for tuning in and we will see you next time and may the force be with you See you next time, everybody. Godspeed, Rebels. Godspeed, Rebels.